how much inositol should one take? What's the dosage? So when you look at the research studies, what they use in the research studies was a inositol with a 40 to 1 ratio of myo and d inositol. They use that and they use 4,000 milligrams of it daily. So that's 2,000 milligrams in the morning and then 2,000 milligrams in the evening, preferably with breakfast and then dinner. So if you're looking at the studies, that's what dosages they use. Doctor said you got PCOS. Now go on, girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian to help my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna put them wrong and take control of yourself. Join a sister and a This is the calm before the storm. What storm? The moment before we go live. Oh, I thought you meant leave the country. Oh, that too. But for the listeners who are listening Wait, we're on recording? The, yeah, we're recording on the podcast right now. But All we're right, let me bring some energy. Yeah, so we're about to go live right now on, on the gram, on TikTok. We're going to do basically a live a sister and her mister episode. And today's episode, we're just going to take in questions from the other sisters, kind of see what's going on in the community and just like have a have like a fun time, you know. Tanya, you you have set up the tripod in such a weird angle. That I is didn't not set it up. You angle. set it up. It was fine. Did I set it up? Yeah. I think you're right. I, okay. Well, I'm sorry then. Okay. Well, just start this podcast because the listeners are listening and waiting. So okay. Let's All right. Start. Are we ready? I'm pressing the button now. We're gonna go live. This angle. We're gonna okay. Go. Here we go. Whoosh. Hello, everybody. Hello, sisters. We are live on a Friday for the podcast. It's been a minute since we've done a live episode. It has been quite a minute. We're going to answer your PCOS questions. We're going to chit chat. And then if you want to listen to this live again, Mm -hmm. head over to our podcast. Hello, podcast listeners. Yeah. We are here. Hello to everybody in the uh, IG live. Hello to Pamela. Hello to It's Extreme. Layla. What's up to Jazz? John V. Ruchi. Hello to everybody. Hola to to Camilla. Let us know, sisters, if you have tried anything new, gluten dairy free, maybe going on Ovacetol. Tell us about your journey. In the comments below, I'd love to hear about it. Yes, and go go ahead and start asking us your questions. We'll get started with answering them on this live, and just we'll just have a like we always do have our normal Instagram live. First question from an imperfect Sufi: How much inositol should one take? What's the dosage? So when you look at the research studies, what they use in the research studies was a inositol with a forty to one ratio of myo and d inositol. They use that and they use 4,000 milligrams of it daily. So that's 2,000 milligrams in the morning and then 2,000 milligrams in the evening, preferably with breakfast and then dinner. So if you're looking at the studies, that's what dosages that uh, they use. Yes. At a 40 to 1 ratio of myo and d inositol, that's why we suggest ovacetol. Yeah. And it's linked in the description. Yes. Question from Vasvani. How can we find PCOS symptoms? So just 
look in the mirror. Sometimes it shows up physically where you have cystic acne, hair loss, facial hair, bloating, sometimes skin issues, and then it can also manifest as irregular periods, moodiness. You know, these are some signs and symptoms. So in order to be diagnosed with PCOS, you need two out of the three symptoms. You need to have ovarian cysts, or you could also not have ovarian cysts and have the other two symptoms where you have facial hair, acne, and hyperandrogenism and irregular periods. So not everyone with PCOS has ovarian cysts, but if you do have them and you have hyperandrogenism or irregular periods, then you would be diagnosed. Let us know in the comments if you're new to our account, if you're a new follower, or if you've been newly diagnosed with PCOS, let us know in the comments. We love to introduce ourselves if you don't know us as well as other people, and we love to just introduce. I see a comment that said, I love Kite Hill Dairy-Free Yogurt. Yes, me too. I love to have it, especially in a smoothie. Actually, today we made acai bowls for breakfast. Yeah. I guess I can't call it an acai bowl because it wasn't acai. It was just strawberry, half a banana each, some dairy-free yogurt to make it nice and thick, some almond butter, chia seeds, kale, and I smoothied it up in the blender and then sprinkled on some granola. And it was just like an acai bowl, Mm -hmm. except without honey, except without, you know, pineapple and like sweeter fruits like that. So making them at home is definitely a good idea because then you can control how much sugar is going into it. Yeah. All right. Question is, uh, what cardio workouts do you recommend for PCOS? It's a great question. So when it comes to cardio, one thing that we um, recommend avoiding is running for hours and hours and run, running and doing basically sprints for long periods of time. What happens when you run for like an hour or longer is that your body naturally dumps sugar into your bloodstream to use for energy. However, when you have insulin resistance, which 80% of sisters have, what happens is burning that sugar doesn't turn into energy and instead it uh, gets stored as fat. So because of that, what we want to do is avoid running for really long periods of time and instead run for about 30 uh, 45 minutes max at a steady pace almost like you're on cruise control Um, this is also great for keeping your cortisol hormone your your stress hormone low and overall just it's a it's a great way to improve insulin sensitivity and improve metabolism and it's just a great stress reducer as well all right well said one might say well said boo thank you let's see what the next question is this has been helping a lot. I thought I was going crazy. You're not going crazy. We're here for you, sister. We are here for you. Yes. I saw someone say, why us? And then talk about like what she can, asking what she can do for her hair loss. So I'm going to answer your first question. Why us? So PCOS is actually something that use, it has been around for thousands of years. And it used to actually benefit women where they would have slight PCOS, and that would stop them from having more babies during a time of famine or warfare because their reproduction would kind of slow down because of that as a result. Um, It would also give them a little bit of more testosterone, which would allow them to fight or flee the, you know, famine or warfare that they were in, for example. And so it was actually a survival mechanism to have PCOS back then. And now, 
PCOS is so exaggerated because of our environment. It's not like it used to be where it was something that would actually help women survive. Yeah. Now it's kind of out of control given the amount of toxins in our environment, in our food, the in inflammation that our food is causing us, the lack of micronutrients that our food is absorbing from soil, multiple factors, our lifestyle, you know, having to, you know, live a certain lifestyle that's not conducive of good cortisol levels and staring at our screens at night, especially. And so all of these things together exacerbate PCOS, just... Yeah throws us off completely, throws our blood sugar off, throws our stress hormones off and turns it into this mess that it is now that's causing us to like lose hair and just way too much testosterone. Whereas before it was just a little bit of testosterone that was actually helpful. Actually, a lot of women in the Olympics have PCOS. Mm -hmm, that's and true. so that bit of extra testosterone really gives you an edge in your strength and so but you have to hone in on it and it takes a lot of effort to do that because when you have way too high testosterone it actually works against you and so going back to your next question of, of your hair issue so that can have to do with having high testosterone high androgen male hormones and that can cause your hair to fall out and facial hair to grow and there's a lot you can do about it, starting with managing blood sugar, because unmanaged blood sugar triggers that issue. And um, working out so hard, you know, cycling classes, this, that, it can push up your stress hormones. It can make it harder for your androgen levels. And so this can, in combination with inflammatory foods, create inflammation at the root of your hair and your hair can fall out and then it takes months and months to grow back. And it's quite, you know, a challenging thing, but you can certainly grow it back yeah. and it just takes time and consistency. Mm -hmm. Very well said, Talin. I went on all kinds of Ooh. directions with it that response. You take the next question. Okay. A uh, question from Sammy. How long should we give a Vastol to show results? Any benchmark times? So uh, honestly, we would give at least three months for Ovacetol. And the reason why is the reason why Ovacetol comes in a supply of three months. I think Tyan says this a lot better, but basically <laughs> no, three months is how long it takes for your follicle to release an egg. Oh, right. right. right? Yes, for the egg to mature, develop and ovulation yes. to occur. So that's why like that three month process is almost like a cycle that you want Ovacetol to like help you get through. And then in three months, usually at least in three months, you will see a lot of the benefits or shit. Yes. Wow. I forgot the mic. You have to create a environment that's, you know, a well-balanced, well-managed insulin levels, um, low infl inflammation, this type of environment for the egg to actually develop and ovulate properly and yeah. it's really important because it takes three months to really change the picture of your ovaries yes y'all are amazing just did your pcos workout on youtube oh nice thank yes. you official gringa yes that's uh if you go to youtube and just type pcos weight loss you'll find our channel and we have a couple of uh workouts there that you can try and if you like it then you can get the whole library for the whole month in the sisterhood as well so 
um, yeah, check it out if you really, if you really want to um, see how those workouts are. I can't wait for our app to come out. I know. It's going to have a workout player where you can take your phone to the gym or in your living room, whatever. Yeah. And see the movement and then like click next and then it times 60 second rest. And then, yeah. oh my gosh. All right. Here's a uh, another big question. Did you hear about that sister who took Ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one? Incredible. I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen? Well, Ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings, finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of Ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and d chiroinositol This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body. But with women like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So taking Ovacetol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance starting from the root of the issue. So awesome. It tastes like nothing. So just warn me when you put it in a cup so I don't drink it. You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order. Are you trying to conceive? When you're in the process of baby making, you don't want to take a prenatal that's designed for a woman who's pregnant. They get expensive and have ingredients you don't need quite yet. Theranatal Core is a prenatal focused on women who are trying to conceive. It contains the active form of folic acid, folate, as well as 2000 IUs of vitamin D. Also, it doesn't have any expensive ingredients that you don't need until you're pregnant. Theralogix's prenatal, Theranatal Core, is especially for women with PCOS who are in the process of baby making. Check the link in the description for our 15% off code. I'm not going to say tough because I know you can answer this really well, but it's another big question from Diana. Can you explain adrenal fatigue and inflammatory PCOS and how to manage those versus the insulin resistance one? Not maybe sisters in the comments, let us know. Are you the adrenal fatigue, the inflammatory or the insulin resistance? But Talene, how do we manage these? So let's say you have insulin resistance and adrenal fatigue. Well, to manage insulin resistance, you have to manage your blood sugar. And oftentimes that includes lowering your carb intake a little bit. But you also have to be really careful because if you have adrenal fatigue at the same time, you don't want to lower your carbs too much where you're stressing your body out, making it harder to lose weight and manage your symptoms and your blood sugar can be on a roller coaster. You have to discover your carb tolerance when it comes to having both of those at the same time. What if you, if you have just adrenal fatigue and inflammation, like without the insulin resistance? Well, then I wouldn't start with carbs. I would actually start with uh, making sure you are getting in eight hours of quality sleep. And that might involve a lot of daytime changes, changes during your daytime routine. So getting in a slow weighted workout instead of intense workout that keeps yeah. your cortisol high all day. And then making sure you're cutting out caffeine so your stress hormones aren't high all the time. Especially after like 12, 3, 3 o'clock, you don't want to have caffeine again. Yes. And making sure that you're taking something maybe like CBD or melatonin at night to get yourself to a good place where you can have some quality sleep. Yes. All right. Let's continue on. Oh, I see um, Talisha says adrenal fatigue. Awaria says insulin resistance and fatigue. Tanai says I'm a combo of all. 
Uh, Ashley says, I feel like I'm all of those. Uh, Joel says, insulin resistance. So yeah, you can definitely be a combination of the different PCOS types. You can have all four, but the one thing too is you can also uh, have a PCOS type and not have it in the future. For example, you can have adrenal fatigue, insulin resistance, and inflammation, and then eventually, you know, if you if you reverse your symptoms, you cannot have adrenal fatigue anymore and only have insulin resistance and inflammation, and then eventually reduce those as well. Yes. Sammy Girl there's, says, yeah, go ahead. You, you, there's you. going to be an app. I'm so excited. Can't wait for the app. I know. We're very excited oh, as well. Oh, we are so excited. I wish we could show it to you, but it's not ready. We showed a beta to the sisterhood. We, ha- we had a live call last week. So we did a, while we're on the live call, we had video. So we like showed our phone with the app and it's obviously not done yet. So it was still beta version. So once we have like a very close version, maybe we'll do, we'll show one on here. Yes. Okay, Manisha says, love you guys. Thank you for all you do for us sisters. Oh, thank you, Manisha. We, we love you too. And yeah, it's our passion to help, keep helping. Okay, let's go to some questions here. Oh, this is a good Ooh, question. Oh, this is a good question. From Harry, do you recommend a calcium supplement to replace dairy-free lifestyle? I recommend chia seeds. <laughs> <laughs> they have one serving as more calcium than milk, more antioxidants than blueberries, See, Alex showing his thighs to TikTok. I know. I, I, I put my leg up and I, up. I didn't realize TikTok's on the left side. <laughs> Just saw my whole thigh over there. Yes. So I would put chia seeds in all your dairy-free products. I mean, depending on what you're making. But if it's like a smoothie with dairy-free milk, definitely add the chia seeds. If it's yogurt parfait or something, throw in the chia seeds. To be honest, though, you don't like you don't need dairy for calcium because Calcium is already found in so many different natural foods. It's found in nuts. It's found in greens like spinach. It's found in chia seeds. A lot of different dairy-free milks have vitamin D added to them. There's just like, uh, sorry, not vitamin D. Sorry, I meant, I meant to say I mean, cal- calcium. Sorry, I meant to say calcium. I mean we don't really feel like when you go dairy-free, it causes a calcium deficiency. I, we actually feel like that's not the case at all. In fact, I think if people are depending on milk for their calcium, I think that's really where... The problem the lies. The problem may lie because, like, you know, like, how much milk are you having day to day to get your calcium and, like, and so forth. So that would be that, I guess. Yes. Is caffeine good for PCOS? Ooh, good question. Ooh, what a question. Well, no, it's not good for PCOS. But if you are drinking caffeine as a crutch and this is your means of having energy throughout the day, then it's definitely a call for concern because why aren't you producing natural energy is the question you should be asking yourself. And this has to come down to hormones and circadian rhythm. Are you supporting your body by making sure you're getting that eight hours of quality sleep. And again, I don't mean just getting to bed eight hours before you have to wake up. I mean, everything you're doing throughout the day to keep your cortisol where it needs to be so that you can get quality sleep so that your stress hormones aren't so high once you get to bed where you're like wide awake and you just can't, you know? So it's really important to manage that and cutting out caffeine, tapering off of it slowly is an ideal way to start because it's just contributing to the cycle of fatigue. It's just making you more tired. It's just creating more stress hormones, making it harder for them to come back down so you can get quality sleep and the cycle continues. Yes. Tell them about your caffeine journey. 
Well, I took a lab test, and when I, it's the same lab test that you can find in the description of this podcast. But I took the lab test and basically found out that I had really high cortisol throughout the day and especially later in the evening. And I used to drink a lot of coffee and uh, maybe like three, four cups a day. And I definitely like like use it as a crutch. And then I realized, you know, while this lab test, the result was a little bit of an eye opener, got me worried. So I completely cut off caffeine. It was super hard, especially the first couple of weeks. You know, like you don't have that spurt of energy. You don't have that crutch. It was difficult, but eventually after a couple of months, it felt like completely normal. Like I don't need it. I, I don't like need to have some sort of like a, because like at the end of the day, coffee is artificial to our body. Like we don't, we weren't born with caffeine in our blood, right? So I kind of reset my body and I didn't drink it for about six months, almost a year. And now basically what I do is like, I may or may not have one coffee a day and only in the morning. If it's 9 a.m., I may have one cup of coffee, but then that's it. Like, I won't have another one, especially if it's, like, after 12. That's kind of the same route that I would just suggest taking is, like, completely cut caffeine out. And then if you want to, only reintroduce, like, one cup and see how that goes for you. Yes. Someone says, are we ever going to get Ovastol in the U.K.? You can have it delivered to you. You just go down to the FAQ section. You will see options for international shipping. Yeah. How long will y'all be traveling this time? Oh. So if you don't know, we're actually we're flying tomorrow to Istanbul, to Turkey. Um, we're, we're Armenian, but we have a lot of like Armenian family that's also in Turkey. So uh, we want to visit them. We also want to see, see around the, the city. So uh, we're going there tomorrow and then we're going to be basically traveling for the next three months. So we're going to go to like Turkey. We're going to go to to Italy and do some more once we have a plan. But basically like three months more and then I think we're going to be done. Yes. Let us know where you suggest we go after mid-September. Like what? what yeah, what's what a good there? spot for yeah. like October? Good weather. Or like end of September. You know. Where should we go? I'm thinking like Peru. I'm thinking we just stay in Turkey, in like the south. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Okay. What do you? What to do with really high testosterone if I don't like birth control? Really good question. So, tell us time. Where is where is like high testosterone coming from, and like what can you do to uh, reduce it? So high testosterone comes from, you know, multiple things, but mainly if you're insulin resistant high insulin levels trigger high testosterone in the ovaries. And so when that happens, you know, the testosterone creates an environment where you have ovarian cysts, irregular periods, trouble ovulating, and then facial hair acne and all of these symptoms can happen. So to manage testosterone, I would start with managing insulin resistance. And to manage insulin resistance, I'm not just talking about lowering your carbs. I'm talking about everything. So reducing inflammatory foods, going gluten and dairy free to try and see if it, that's going to help with your blood sugar management. Also eating, you know, three meals throughout the day and one snack, making sure your meals are balanced with protein, carb, fiber, and fat. There's so many things involved with managing insulin resistance. It's not as simple as cutting out your carbs completely. Taking it one step at a time is ideal. I would start with trying to go gluten and dairy free to see how that helps with your inflammation. And then I would start layering on the other things like discovering your carb tolerance and you know, meanwhile, you can take Ovastol anytime. It's supportive. It's helpful. 
but for I could go on for a whole podcast episode about insulin resistance and I'm not going to. I will say that in the sisterhood, we have something called the five steps to PCOS weight loss. And if what I'm saying right now is like kind of going over your head or is getting overwhelming or you want to grab a paper and pencil and write everything down, if you go into the sisterhood, I've broken it down in a really simplified, straightforward way in the five steps to PCOS weight loss. I talk about the PCOS types in step one. I talk about what you can do for them. I talk about going gluten and dairy free in step two and three, and I talk about discovering your carb tolerance in step four, and CDAC talks about working out in step five. So there's so much to know, and you, if you take it one step at a time, hence the five steps to PCOS weight loss, yeah. you know, it's a lot more helpful. All right. Question. Thank you for that explanation, Tanya. Mm-hmm. Question from Crow. I have almost all the symptoms, but my lab always comes out fine. What should I do? Great question. A very common, um, very common situation that happens to a lot of PCOS women. You go to your doctor, they do your lab work, and even though you're feeling all these symptoms and not feeling like yourself, they just tell you your lab results look fine. Go home, come back when uh, you have more more of a serious issue. Obviously, happening to a lot of people, and it's it's horrible. So what's happening? Well, the one thing is, first thing you want to know is what kind of a lab test are you doing. Are you doing a conventional lab test or a functional lab test? The difference between a conventional and a functional lab test is huge. Conventional lab tests, they look at a wider range of lab results as being acceptable. So for example, if you're getting blood work done, a conventional may say, oh, if your blood work for something is between 1 through 10, then you're healthy. But a functional looks at a much more specific range, basically shortens that window so that you're really being a lot more sensitive to your body's uh, blood levels, hormones, and much more. So you want to get a functional blood test, which is going to really look more specifically at, at, at a higher detail, if I want to say, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, make sure your, your, your lab test is functional, and that may um, hopefully help you with finding more answers to your, to your situation. The doctors always tell me to come back when you're trying to conceive. This is really common. I don't want to get into how bad I think that is right now, (laughs) but I will say that you are responsible for your own health and leaning on your doctor for every answer and every, you know, as if you couldn't figure something out yourself is not ideal in a lot of situations. I think it's really important to investigate your health, speak with multiple doctors. There's gynecologists, there's endocrine specialists, there are naturopathic doctors who studied functional medicine, there's gynecologists who studied functional medicine. I personally go that route because I prefer managing PCOS and hormonal conditions with diet and lifestyle approach. And your average or you know mainstream conventional gynecologist is not going to do that and you just have to realize that that is not what they do and if you want that you have to go to a different doctor and 
And that doesn't mean the gynecologist doesn't have a place in your PCOS journey. It's cer- they certainly do. You want to get an ultrasound. You want to discuss your options. If your symptoms are so terrible and unmanageable and maybe going on birth control temporarily is something you want to do, that's who you would talk to. But that's not who you would talk to if you wanted to reverse and heal your PCOS symptoms. You would go to somebody who has actually reversed PCOS and that would be maybe a functional doctor or um, a dietitian like moi or somebody who has studied natural medicine. Yes. Thank you, Talyn. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, before we continue, let's look at this question here about us. So I guess let's do let's do a little introduction about about oh. us for any sister who is new, who maybe uh, either started following us recently or maybe started listening to this podcast recently. Who are we? Yes. Who is PCOS weight loss? Who is Tyne and Sidak? So Tyne, tell us about yourself. Sure. I see a question here. She says, this is my first time hearing about carb tolerance. I'll look into that. Um, yes, it is something that people don't talk about enough, but we teach that in the sisterhood, our membership program. So going into introducing myself, I'm a registered dietitian. And when it comes to eating for PCOS, you know, I highly suggest trying to go gluten and dairy free for 30 days to see how you feel. And then a multiple multitude of other things like balancing your plate, discovering your carb tolerance and so on. And so Sirak and I have designed designed the sisterhood well, you're with our experience. Of course. Well, you're forgetting your journey. So Talia was diagnosed mm. with PCOS about 10 years ago. Um, you had a ovarian cyst rupture and you, yes. you rushed to the emergency room, correct? Yes. Talia was just told to be put on birth control, come back when she wants to get pregnant and to basically just work out as much as possible. So Talia did that. She tried to go on birth control. It actually caused her to uh, gain weight. Uh, she went kickboxing, but that also caused her to have fatigue and anxiety. In fact, we've shared some pictures of Talia's kickboxing in the past and then her falling asleep basically at school. Uh, while going through all that situation. So after gaining about 30 pounds and uh, kind of being really sick of her situation, ta- I don't know why I'm explaining about you as if like, I'm, I'm like Morgan. I'll explain yours. I'm like Morgan Freeman explaining, like like narrating someone's like uh, story in a, in a movie. You know, Morgan Freeman, he always like. Narrates. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> uh, okay, I'll just continue. And then, um, so basically <laughs> Talian said, I'm done with all this. And she uh, went to a naturopathic doctor and a gynecologist by the name of Dr. Felix Gersh and Dr. Nirvana, both of who really helped Talia out with giving her actual um, natural remedies, including diet and lifestyle, gluten dairy-free, taking inostal supplements, basically all the things that uh, that we talk about now, Talin was introduced to by these two doctors and, and many other uh, resources and basically um, used that information to lose 30 pounds in the next year, lower her stress hormones, naturally reverse all her cysts. Like all her cysts were naturally gone without surgery, all from just these natural uh, changes. And uh, basically we've created the sisterhood. And I, when I say we, like Talin started the sisterhood first, I'm not going to take any credit for that well i did join later on and i and i am amplified i I amplified it yes we actually it was on a third party platform before you joined yeah before we collaborated on it and then we created our own platform yeah and now we're creating an app for it yes so there's always a constant evolution it's constantly evolving yes 
So basically, we uh, a lot of times experience a lot of the knowledge and research that she gathered from doctors and and gynecologists along the way is how we created the sisterhood, is how we basically help you and help many others on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, on Pinterest, on our blog, on our website. Like basically all this content that we make daily is to, to spread that information. Yes. That was good. That was good. All right. So... Maybe we should talk about gluten and dairy. I see a lot of questions. I saw someone who said, "Sure, what's your go-to snack when you're craving dairy? Ooh, good question. So I don't crave dairy anymore because dairy is actually addicting. So the more you eat it, the more you crave it. If you're starting to go dairy-free, of course, you're going to crave it because you're trying to kick that addiction to dairy. Actually, there was an article in the New York Times that talks about how dairy is as addicting as drugs. Yeah. Which drug? What was it? Uh, it said, was it opium, I think. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Anyways, what was I saying? Oh, so if you're craving dairy, I would suggest having something like guacamole or hummus, some type of healthy fat that can give you that satisfying feeling that da- that cheese does because cheese is fat. So when you eat it and you're hungry and it's this satisfying feeling, right? So I like to have some guacamole. You can even put nutritional yeast in it, which has this cheddary flavor mm-hmm. and that will kick it up a notch. You can put nutritional yeast in your eggs, in your pasta, salad kale salad oh it tastes so good anything to give it that cheddar flavor and it's natural nutritional yeast it's not like an artificial dairy substitute yeah and when it comes to the artificial dairy substitutes i don't suggest having them all the time but to use them as a crutch as you transition is probably a good idea all right sans fashion says y'all help me so much since i started following you both very helpful and supportive with us PCOS women going through the struggles. Love you guys. Knowledge is good. We love you too, Sans Fashion. You know what? We are going to send you a three-month Ooh. supply of Ovacetol. Congratulations, Sans Fashion. You are our today's giveaway winner on this live. We are going to send you Ovacetol, and we appreciate your very kind words and everybody else's kind words. Y'all are the best. If we could give away Ovastol to everyone, we would. I mean, That's we, what we always do. We give away multiple Ovastols like almost every live. I know. Uh, almost every podcast episode. So like whatever we can do to help spread it around. I just that's feel like a lot of drama would be resolved if doctors could suggest Ovastol as soon as you're diagnosed with PCOS. Yeah. Yes. But in the meantime... You can go on Instagram and find us screaming and yelling and jumping up and down, making crazy TikToks about it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Last couple questions. Mithra, is vitamin D omega-3 supplement uh, good for PCOS? Absolutely. Uh, honestly, both those supplements are great, great additions to your daily regimen. Of course, you can check with your doctor to know if it's right for you, mm-hmm. dosage levels, etc. But... Just the FY to the schwai, when our supplement line drops in about a month and a half, they will have vitamin D and omega-3 bundled together. Together. Actually, the vitamin D is in the multivitamin. Yes. But that just makes it easier because you don't want to be swallowing yes. 100 pills. It's in the multivitamin that we've designed. And the fish oil is one of the purest. There's turmeric as well, which is also extremely potent. 
it's really hard to find supplements that are what they claim to be and also that are absorbable. Sometimes you'll see something that says like 300 milligrams of turmeric, but you'll only absorb like 15%. So the one that we chose that has, what's it called in it? Vesazorb technology? Or no, that's the CoQ10. The uh, turmeric has... Termipure. Uh, Termipure in it. Yes. So anyways, it makes it 100% absorbable. Yeah. So you're getting everything yeah. that you should be getting. But just, just a little sneak peek of the supplement line. The way it's going to be is that it's going to be a box full of all the supplements that you would need for PCOS. Meaning well, everything that's... Starter. For starter. your metabolism. Yeah, it's a starter kit for your PCOS where it has not just like... Like, we don't want you to have to decide between should I get omega-3, should I get vitamin D, should I get curcumin, like, should we get, like, which one should I start with? Oops. <laughs> like, which supplement should I start with? Instead, we're going to do it where you can just get everything in one kit and basically have a whole starter kit to start managing and reversing your PCOS. So, it's going to be everything that's been researched. The base supplements. Yeah, yeah all the base supplements that have been research-backed by uh, studies with PCOS. So everything that's PCOS and research-backed is all in this box. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. We're excited. Yes. All right, sisters. Yes. This was so much fun. It was. I'm happy we got to chat. I yeah. hope we answered some of your questions that were on your mind. Yeah. And now we have to pack and... Oh, what a cute comment. You two are such a power couple. I really appreciate all the art IG reels and just the husband wife chemistry vibes and science so much info and knowledge you two know have shared and created oh uh, you're so welcome that is so sweet thank you so much I Animoa we gotta do the give we the gotta giveaway. give you something I Animoa thank you that so much so for nice. that amazing comment we are sending you Ovastol as more well Ovacetol. more Ovastol we're Oprah at this point basically. you get Ovastol we're the Oprahs of Ovastol yeah I'll okay. take that title all right, everybody. All right, let's pack these bags and let's go to Turkey. Yes. We love y'all. Have a great weekend. Enjoy it with your friends and your family. And we'll be back next week from Europe, basically, I guess. And yeah, we'll talk to you then. Talk to you soon, sisters. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.